Glad to see you. We got to get conditioning for football season. The Colts are going to be playing at one o'clock pretty soon, and we got to make sure we're out of here on time. <laughs> oh. Really glad you're here, especially if you're visiting with us. Glad you chose to be here. If you're listening online and you're kind of kicking the tires on the whole God and church and Jesus thing, um, welcome to it. We got a whole new series to start this morning, and I've been excited about it all week. Very, uh, very excited about what God has to say. He's already been talking to me this week. And as Rick said so eloquently and loudly at the beginning of our service today, that what we believe around here is that God does want to speak into your life. And that may sound weird to you, especially if you're kicking the tires on Jesus and you're wondering if there's a God. Um, you know, it does sound weird, but what we believe is that God could speak if he wanted to loudly and do something pretty drastic in your life. What we've noticed is when he speaks in people's lives, if you read the Bible, and you believe what the Bible says, that you don't really want God to speak audibly, because that's something bad is about to happen usually. But what he does is he kind of moves, and he speaks quietly, and he says, if you don't turn down the noise in your life, then you won't hear him. And that's part of the intent today. So before we get started, um, especially if you're, if you're listening online, or if, you're, um, if you've had one of those crazy weeks where you can't just seem to turn off the junk in your life and all the noise in your life, this is your moment right now. Even if you don't believe in God, even if you're, you know, like you're faking it, and by the way, I know exactly how you feel. I grew up in church, and I've sat in a pew before not really knowing if I believe and wondering if everybody else was too. If you're having doubts today, you need to know you're welcome in this place, and we believe they're healthy and they're good, and that if you, if you overcome them, you keep digging through the truth and you find what God wants you to find. So what we'd like to do is, like I said, turn down the noise in your life a little bit today. Um, we're going to give you a chance just in a moment before we get started, before I say anything up here, um, to kind of turn down that noise. So whatever you brought, whatever you believe, whatever you're feeling today, whatever you, wherever you find yourself in your life today, this is your opportunity to stop, to get a quick break, um, to get a moment of kind of clarity in your life and some perspective before we move on. So let's do that together, a little bit of quiet in the space. Um, if, if tradition holds, there'll be a lot of noise of kids, um, but that's okay. Um, we'll just get a little bit of quiet, and then we're going to jump right into what God has to say to us today. Would you bow with me? God, I don't think there is such a thing as quiet in our lives, <laughs> especially in this room. It's been a crazy day and a crazy week for a lot of us. And God, would you just, right now, in the midst of all of our, the junk that's going on in our lives, whether we've got, we've got physical ailments, as I went around loving people today, God, you know, there's physical things going on in this place. There's emotional things, there's relationship things, there's work problems, there's money issues in every single pew. And God, we just pray that right here, right now, you would allow us to kind of suspend those. Not to give them up and not to try to forget about them, because that doesn't happen. But if we could just hit the pause button for a moment so that we can get perspective. Because when we get perspective on those things, it really does change our anxiety level. It changes the way we look at things. So would you give us that now? And we'll pause and we'll stop. And we'll get quiet so that we can hear you. God, you know I have no business in the world standing up here today based on how good I am or whatever I've done, even what I have to say. So would you clean me up, make me worthy of saying whatever needs to be said today, and would you prepare our hearts so that we can have something today that isn't just smart, that isn't just funny, but that is literally altering to the way we think, feel, love, and do life. 
God, we thank you for your son. We thank you for the promise you've given us. In his name we pray. Amen. So I'm excited. We're starting a new series today, um, and I'm very excited about this topic, and partially because as I look back on my life, had I known what I'm about to preach over the, last, over the next four weeks, I can't imagine how many of the regrets I have in my life would be different. Um, and what I've called this sermon series, just to kind of pique your interest, is the question that answers just about everything. <laughs> and the reason I say just about is because it may not answer everything, but I have yet to find something that it doesn't answer. And if you're listening online or if you're here and you're visiting, you need to know that um, you have come right smack dab in the middle of a place where we all have regrets, where we have a lot of mistakes we've made in our lives and we're trying to grow through them. And I believe as we go through these, that if you begin to ask this question that we're going to talk about over the next four weeks, just one question. In fact, if you take notes, you're going to really love this sermon series because it's going to be very simple for you to take notes. One question that if you ask this before every opportunity, every decision, and every invitation in your life, it will result in a few things. If you ask this question of every invitation, every opportunity, and every decision in your life, it will save you some time, which we all need, some money, which we all are desperate for, and I believe, most importantly, and the reason I'm preaching this is because it will save you some tears. Now, it doesn't matter what you believe today. I'm not going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go to the Bible today because that's who I am, and that's where I believe truth is to be found, the bottom of truth. But even if you're not a Christian, you're not sure you believe in this stuff, you need to know today that this question still works for you. That this question, if you choose to ask it and answer it before all of these times in your life, this has the power to change the way you live your life. And this is the kind of preaching I love to do. I grew up in a place where not all the preaching that was done was something that pertained to my life. It was all something that gave you a cold chill, or maybe it made you feel bad about yourself, or maybe good about yourself, but in the long run, it didn't change anything. And as I had grown up, I want to be the kind of preacher, I want to be in the kind of church that preaches things that impact my life, that change my life today. And I want you to know, if you start to ask this question that we're going to talk about today and over the next three weeks, in your life, it will impact your time, your money, and the amount of tears you shed in your life. Now, here's the thing about this question, and I'm really, I'm really building this up here. Here's the thing about this question. Your worst regret, your greatest regret in your life, if you can picture it right now, you don't have to tell anybody, but your greatest regret in your life probably could have been avoided, most likely could have been avoided if you had asked and answered the question that we're going to be talking about over the next four weeks. In fact, this is the question that I believe God intends for you to ask today, tomorrow, every time a baby is born in your family, every time a big financial decision is to be made. And I, I do want to start with the Bible today, and I want to start with where this question came from. And I, I love this piece of scripture that we're going to dig into today, partially because of the guy who wrote it. The guy who wrote it, um, the, when, he, when he kind of surfaces in the Bible. He is not a follower of Jesus. In fact, he's the exact opposite. When he, when he shows up on the scene in history, um, this is not like Jesus. There are a lot of people who believe Jesus was a man um, and, and fewer who believe that he was God. This, this guy, Paul, everybody believes he was a human. He was a person. He was a historical figure. And the, the, the historical documents show that he was a guy who, when he shows up on the scene, hated Jesus followers, could not stand Jesus followers. In fact, he thought he was doing what God wanted him to do by going to Jerusalem. He went to the leaders in Jerusalem, and he said, these Christians, and he said it just the way your friends at work say it, Christians, these idiots are ruining God's plan for the world. And so he went to these Jewish leaders, and the Jews said, yeah, go get them. So Paul got on a horse and he got on a, uh, uh, with his team of people and he began to go looking for people who were Jesus people, 
followers of Jesus. Now, they didn't call themselves Christians, and nobody called them Christians really at this point in time. They called themselves followers of the way, and it was really offensive to Paul that these people would, would be following a different way than, than what he had grown up with. So he just goes out, this guy named Paul, and he just starts throwing Christians in jail, all the ones he can find, until one day, and one day it all changed for him. So no matter what you believe about the Bible or whatever, you need to know that this guy who is writing this today, um, this guy that we're reading today, was a guy who didn't believe in, in Jesus, did not believe Jesus was who he says he was, did not like his followers, until one day one thing happened. He got knocked off his horse by God. Now I, I want you to picture this. What if, and, and I know some of you politically are pretty charged, I'm kind of in the middle and I'm not real charged politically, but some of you are. What if you're, you're a staunch Democrat today? What if you're just a really staunch Democrat and on the way to work, you've been all your life, and, but on the way to work, something happens in the car. And by the time you get to work, you are a full-fledged Republican, and you can't wait to get to work to tell everybody about your new views. Or let's switch that around. What if you're a full-fledged Republican, 100% Republican, have been, your daddy was, your mama was, everything you've ever voted for is Republican, but on the way to work, something happens and changes your whole view of everything in your life, and you get to work, and you have to tell everybody about it. This is what happened to Paul. Now, you would say, that would take an act of God for me to make that kind of a drastic change. And that's exactly what Paul says happened to him. He says God basically knocked him off his horse in the middle of nowhere and said, you need to be following the way instead of arresting those who are. So Paul began to change the way he talked and thought, and he began to write these letters. And this is where what he, he writes to a group of people who are very much doing life the way we're doing, in a broken down world with broken stuff in a hurting place. And he says this, be very careful then how you live, and I put in parentheses there walk, and I'll explain that in a minute, not as unwise, but as wise. So as you know, Paul, Paul didn't write very often, actually, he probably dictated this to somebody who wrote it, and he, he, he starts off by saying, be very careful how you walk. Now, we translate it live, but the word is, is literally like how in your life you walk. It reminds me of my wiener dog, Bogey, which... Um, you know, how much I love and hate the dog at the same time. Um, in my house with Bogey, if you leave him in the house for eight, ten hours like that for a day, and you close the doors, and you go off and do your thing, and you come back, it's just time has told us in our family that you don't just go walking into the house willy-nilly. Now, some of you I really admire. Either you don't have pets or you have good pets. You can walk after ten hours of being away. You can walk in and turn the lights off. You can even have the lights off just walking through your house without, without looking at all. But in my house, you do that, you're going to step in something. Because Bogey likes to leave little landmines for us everywhere we go. And so here's the way we walk in my house. You come in, you open the garage door, and the very first thing you say is, kids, watch where you step. Because <laughs> the worst thing, worse than you stepping in it, is Reese, my six-year-old, stepping in it and then tracking it all over the house. Watch where you step, and then we all do this everywhere we go. And we look around for poop, and once we finally find it, then we make sure there aren't little trails, because he tends to leave trails. And, and we go through all of that, we get, the, we get everything ready, but until we do, we kind of have this light step, we look in front of us, we look behind us, we look to the side. That's the picture Paul says right here. He says, now those of you who want to do life differently than the rest of the world, and, and many of you have come in today to go, yeah, I need something different. Because what I'm doing now isn't working. In fact, there are those listening online, and there are some of you here today that are going, I don't even know about the God thing. I'm sure as heck I don't know about the Jesus thing. But here's what I know. What I'm doing isn't working. 
Whatever I'm doing isn't working. And I can't tell you how many times in history people have come to the way, they've come to the truth because what they're doing is not working. And if you find yourself in that position today, you need to know you're right where these people were, right where Paul was. He said, you know what? You, many of you are just kind of, you're just kind of letting life happen to you. And you're walking through a place where bogey's been and ready to step on landmines everywhere you go. So he continues and he says this, making the most of every opportunity in your life because the days, I love this phrase, the days are evil. Now I have a good friend of mine with me, Kelly from high school, who's a writer, um, really good writer. And this, I thought about you, Kelly, when I saw this, because this is just a good piece of writing. The days are evil. Like there's this, there's this thing about the days that are evil. And here's what he meant. This is the English translation of what he said, but the, the more little translation is, is something like, the times that you're living in will, will if, you, if you just drift, if you just put your feet up and drift, the times will leave you in a place where you don't want to be. Have you ever been to one of those water parks where they have a lazy river? You know what I'm talking about, the lazy river? If you haven't been to a lazy river, it's one of the few very good pleasures in life. While your kids have just beat you to death on the water slides, they have this, they have this little round river that you get on a tube and the ride, my kids hate it because they call it boring, it's perfect for me. The ride is that you just go. You just lay back on this tube and it slowly drifts. In fact, if you, do, if you don't really pay attention, you don't even know it's moving until all of a sudden you find yourself back where you started and you're in a big circle. Now, if you're a really lazy parent, you'll get on the lazy river about 8 o'clock in the morning and get off about 4 o'clock when you're completely sunburned and you've slept all day. This lazy river just lets you go. This is kind of the picture that Paul has here. He says many people in life, and followers of Jesus do this, they get on, they get life, they treat life like it's the lazy river. They just get on and drift. Just put their feet up, and wherever, wherever the world takes them, they go. So they drift into financial debt and ruin, because that's where the current is taking you. By the way, today, if you don't put your feet down financially, if you, while you're on the river, if you don't put your feet down financially and intentionally make some decisions, you're going to drift you're going to find yourself drifted into a place you would have never intended to be. If, you're developing, if you've got a new relationship today, or maybe you're, not, you're in the middle of transition between relationships, or, and you don't put your feet down with your relationship. You don't say, I want to be intentional. I'm not just going to let this happen to me. I, I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to put my feet down. You will drift into a place, and one day you'll wake up. Literally, some, some people, you wake up, and you look up at the ceiling, and you go, how did I get here? Who is this? And how did I get with them? And where did I be? And how did my relationship get here? How did my finances get here? How did my education, how did my kids end up in this place? And the answer, Paul says, is that the times, the days are evil. The, re, the way the earth, the world is going and the, the current in the world, if you just drift, you will find yourself in a bad place. So he says, be wise. Watch where you step. Put your feet down. Because where things are drifting, you don't want to be. And then finally he says this. And this is just a, a, little, a little poke at people who are following Jesus at the time. And so if you're here or you're listening and you're not a Christian, you're kind of off the hook for this part of it, okay? If you're a Christian, if you're a Jesus follower, if you've decided that you're following Jesus, this is not a choice for you. This is something that we are supposed to do. And here's what Paul says. He says, therefore, do not be foolish. And the word for foolish there is almost a cuss word at that time. I mean, it's a, it's a really strong, don't be an idiot. Don't be a fill in the blank there. But understand what the Lord's will is. Here's what, here's what he says here at this point. He says, those of you who are, who are Christians or who are followers of Jesus, who are trying to do the right thing, you're looking for loopholes. You're looking for loopholes in life. 
and in God's, God's plan for your life. You're saying things like this, and I've heard it. It starts with junior high kids, but we don't ever grow out of it. When you say like this, well, there's really nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's really nothing wrong with me just, you know, going over to her house. And, well, there's, there's really nothing wrong with me just uh, driving while I'm a little bit tipsy. There's really nothing wrong with just a little of that. There's really nothing wrong with just a little of this. There's really nothing wrong. And in the long run, we just keep looking for these loopholes. And Paul's going, hang on, guys. Just step back for a minute. Listen. Get some perspective in your life on, on what God's will is for you. See, I believe this question that we're gonna, I'm going to unveil right here that Paul has ta- led us to is something that will change our lives because it is a better question than the question we've been asking. Often our question is this, what is the legal thing for me to do? This is why I I, I see this online on Facebook all the time, and if you've written this, please don't think I'm speaking to you because I can't even remember where I've seen this. But I've seen Christian people go, oh my goodness, they've legalized pot in Colorado. This is the end of the world, and I just want to go, no, because you know what? Making something legal doesn't make it right, doesn't make it God's will. Neither does making it legal make it something God wants you to do because that's the loophole. The question is not, is it legal? The question is not, is it, here's the thing, the question is not, is it right? Because there's a lot of things that aren't wrong, that just aren't wise in your life. So the question, the question, if you will answer it, if you will ask it and answer it, is this, and please don't tune me out, because in a minute you're going to feel like this is a little, little bit of a letdown, but don't tune me out because I'm going to tell you this morning this will change your life. If you can start to ask before every invitation, every opportunity, And at every turn in your life, not what is the legal thing for me to do, not what is the right thing for me to do, but what is the wise thing for me to do? What is in my best interest for me to do? And we're going to dig in on that in the next three weeks. And you better get used to this, especially if you're around here a lot, because when we go back to that room and pray, this is going to be the question I ask of you in 2014. Not what can you get away with. Not what, what does the Bible say? Yeah, what does the Bible say is good, but that's what we weigh in. But the truth is, you can sometimes get away with something in your life that isn't wise, that isn't necessarily against the Bible. You know, we we do this to ourselves all the time. We find ourselves one bad decision after another into a mess. And this is what it looks like. This is the path to a mess. Now, I, I believe this wholeheartedly. I've been here eight years in Paragon. And, and I've never been so in love with ministry in my life as I've been here. And part of it is because I have fallen in love with the people in this place, in this church, and in this community. And I have seen over and over and over that I've never met a person who sets out and says, I want to develop a mess in my life. What I really want is to create a mess out of my marriage. I never married somebody who says, I want my marriage to look like my dad's and I want to be divorced nine times by the time I'm 50. Nobody says that. Nobody says, hey, you know what I really want is uh, for my kids to be in jail by the time they're 18. Nobody says that. But here's the problem. Nobody plans for that, but if you aren't planning to stay away from the mess, if you aren't planning, if you aren't proactive, you drift into it. This question is what it takes to plan to avoid the messes in your life. Because here's the way it happens. Unwise decision leads to unwise decision leads to unwise decision, which leads to a big, fat, hairy mess. And you've seen it. Well, you know what? I'm lonely. I, have, you know, I haven't been dating anybody. I'm lonely. I'm just going to go out to the bars. I, it's, just, you know, it's just one night, and I can sleep it off on Saturday. I'm just going to go out to the bars. So you go out to the bars, and then Saturday morning you get up and you go, you know, 
or when you get to the bar, you go, hey, there's a guy, and it's just, it's just a guy, you know, I'm just going to go out with that guy, and I'm just going to hang, I'm so lonely, is there anything wrong, and this is what we say to each other, what's wrong with going out on a date? Well, nothing's wrong with going on a date. Well, does the Bible say I shouldn't go on a date? No, the Bible doesn't. Is it legal? Yes, it's legal. Is it, is it wrong? No, it's not wrong, but come on. Where, where are you? What are you doing? Well, I'm going to go on this date. So you go on this date, and then the next thing you know, you're in a relationship. Is it wrong for me to be in a relationship with that? Well, no, it's not wrong, but the guy's an idiot. You know what he's done, and you've been with guys like this before. Well, okay, yeah, but is it wrong for me to just spend the weekend with him? Well, oh, gosh. Is, is that really the question you want to ask? And is it wrong for you to spend the weekend? I don't know, probably not, but is, that, is it wise? Because you know where this leads. Well, yeah, okay, next thing you know, you know where the mess ends. You know where this mess ends. Is it wrong? No. Is it wrong? No. Is it wrong? Well, I don't know. Maybe. This is what you ask me on Sunday morning sometimes. We go back in that room and you go, is it wrong for me to move in with her? You know, we've been married two times, both of us. We have kids. Financially, it makes sense. You know, and I go, I, you know, I, 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 no, just look at it. And you want me to find scripture, really? Because you know where this thing ends. You know how this thing, it, stop it. And this is what Paul's saying today. Stop it. You know where it ends. So one little unwise decision after another leads to something really wrong. And truthfully, that's what's broken in us. Nobody sets out and goes, I'm, you know what? I'm going to say those vows, but I'm, never, I'm not going to end it with till death do us part. You know, all the weddings I've done in my life, half of them have ended in divorce. And not one of them said they would not say to the other person till death do us part not one time have i ever heard somebody go well you know all the rest of that's true but not till death do us part because i want to leave my options open brother nobody says that you don't say that because that's not how you feel but one bad little decision sounds like this well you know what my marriage is a wreck right now and that girl that sits across from me man she's just nice is there anything wrong with having a friendship with somebody in the opposite sex no no there's not and then, then I hear this. You've said it to me. I'm trying not to look anybody in the face. You've said this to me. John, what's wrong with me just having a friendship with somebody of the opposite sex? Nothing's wrong with it. And then, then the next time it's, hey, what's wrong with me just having lunch with this girl? You know? I mean, we're going to have, she has to eat lunch. I have to eat lunch. They're, all these people are in the restaurant eating lunch at the same time. What's wrong with us sitting at the same table together? Is there something wrong with that? No. The Bible doesn't say there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Just an unwise decision. John, what's wrong with us having dinner together? You know, we were all going to go out, the whole group of us, and then all of a sudden it just ended up being me and her, and we both had to eat. So is there something wrong with, and then you know where that story ends. This is the way we live our lives. Paul says, you don't have to. So here's what we're going to do. I want to give three perspectives on this today. And then over the next few weeks, I am going to ask you, I'm going to beg you, not as your preacher, but as just somebody who desperately loves you and your babies. I'm going to beg you to start asking this question. I'm going to, ask, I'm going to beg you to ask it in this term. In light of my past experience, so we're going to talk about past, present, and future when it comes to this question, okay? In light of my past experience, what is the wise thing for me to do? So if you're sitting here today and, and you're, you've got this big question looming, looming in your life, maybe it's even just a small question, you know you can start to apply this as we're talking. You know, start it right now. In light of my past experience, what is the wise thing for me to do? I, I think about this in terms of 
of uh, when I was in high school, the spring break thing was huge. You know, you went to Panama City on spring break, and that's what you did. And, and I, I remember, you know, it came my junior year in high school, and that's when all my friends started saying to their parents, hey, we don't need our parents to go on spring break anymore. And my parents trusted me, so I'd say, hey, Dad, I want to go to, to, uh, to Panama City with my friends on spring break. You know what my dad would say? <laughs> what adults are going? None. You're a junior in high school, you want to go, oh, you don't trust me. No, 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 I totally trust you. I don't trust your idiot friends. <laughs> well, Dad, you don't think I'm smarter than my friends? Yeah, I do, but that's not the point. Dad, you think I'm going to do whatever my friends? Yeah, I do. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so you don't trust me? Yeah, yeah, I do trust you. But I'm your dad, and I've been there. Based on past experience... I can tell you that if you end up in Panama City with your friends and no adults, ain't nobody going to keep you from one bad little decision after another until you do something that's life-altering, until you do something that you could never have believed you would have done. And it's not because you set out to be an awful kid and go to Panama City and get trashed and stay in a room with a girl you never met before. That's not it. That's not what you tried to do. You, I believe, John, I believe all your intents and purposes are good. You're going to have fun. You're going to play some volleyball on the beach with all your buddies, all your boy buddies, and you're going to come home. That's what's in your brain, but that's not life. So based on past experience, and I think I even said this to my dad. Dad, point to me in the Bible where it says I can't go to Panama City, my friends. <laughs> that's not the point. Now, that's an easy example, but there are more confusing examples in your life. And if you can look at your past and go, you know what, there's nothing wrong with dating a guy who's just a little on the fringe, who's just a little mean to me. There's nothing wrong with dating a, a girl who's just kind of out there a little bit and has a weird little edge to her that isn't quite right and calls me things and has a weird little addiction. And is, There's nothing wrong with that. John, is there something wrong with it? No, but based on your past experience, you have an addiction to people who are leading you down path path. So I'm not saying there's something wrong with it. I'm saying for you, based on your experience and your past, stop it. So this is what I'm going to ask you. You're going to ask of every experience, every question, at every road. Now I'm going to pause here for a minute because some of you have already tuned me out in your head. And some of you that are listening online today, your, your lives are going to be upside down soon. And I'm going to be sitting across from you over a basket of chips and salsa. And my heart is going to be broken. Because this is what happens. I get a phone call. John, she left me. I don't know how it happened. Well, did you have an affair? Yeah, and I don't know how that happened. And I'm going to be sitting over a basket of chips with you, knowing that at this moment you had an opportunity to get rid of some of these regrets. By asking the question, in light of my past experience. Now, I, I, other churches do this. I'm not going to do this because I think it's weird and odd. But other churches, actually, the preacher says, repeat after me, and we all say this together. I always feel weird about that, and you usually don't want to do it. But I do think there's some real value in you memorizing this line. Would you write this down or memorize it in some way? In light of my past experience, what is the wise thing for me to do in this situation? So history stops repeating itself. You want to quit having the bad relationships? You want to quit finding yourself on a Saturday morning getting phone calls from creditors? You want to stop that in your life? Then when you get your next tax refund and you decide, should I pay off debt or should I go buy a new big screen TV? <coughs> Speaking from <coughs> experience. If you can stop at that moment and you and your wife, you and your husband, or just you and your own brain sit down and go, is it okay for me to go buy a big screen TV with this $3,000? The answer is yes. 
It's okay. Is it legal? Well, yeah, they want you to. Is it biblical? It's abiblical. The Bible doesn't say anything about you buying a big screen TV. Is, given your past experience with debt and with problems with money, is it wise for you to buy a big screen TV? The answer is no. So in light of my past experience, what is the wise thing for me to do? The second question is this. In light of my current circumstances, in light of what I'm going through right now, now this is one of those things that people who, I, I love to do weddings, that's not true. I love to do some weddings. <laughs> Yesterday I got, to, I, I got to do a wedding for a couple that I absolutely love, or great friends of mine, and it was so much fun because I knew them, and I've done weddings before where I'm like, do you, what was your name again? <laughs> Take to you. What was, I'm not doing any more of those weddings because I, I, it's not personal and I just hate it. It just stresses me out. But these weddings where I get to like be in people's lives and then share with them one big day, that I love. And I got to do that yesterday. And often what happens with newlyweds happens all the time is a guy will marry his, his girlfriend or, or, and, and they, be, they become married and three months down the road, he tells his wife, hey, hey, you know, it's that time now. My buddies and I, we go on this golf vacation every year, have for nine years now. They're calling going, hey, dude, you're, now that you're married, you're not going to stiff us, are you? And I'm going, hey, honey, you know, you got to show you're the cool wife, right? Because I, I got to go on this trip. Is there anything wrong with you going on the trip? No. And when you have been married for eight years, you can talk about it. But in light of your current circumstances in light of your current circumstances what is the wise thing to do some of you just had little baby girls and boys like this big some of them are sitting on your lap right now and you go yeah but John I've always stayed out on Friday nights and partied I've always gone to the races until three o'clock in the morning I've always done this and this is always and it's always been okay okay this is how you get in trouble is anybody tracking with me somebody awake do you see this this is what we do in light of your current circumstances, what you're doing now, not in somebody else's circumstances, not your buddy who's still single and living by himself, and not, not in anybody else, in light of your current circumstances, is this the wise thing to do? So the first question is this, we say, in light of my past experience and in light of my current circumstances, is this the right thing? So I get better perspective. Next slide is this. In light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? This is the one that breaks my heart the most. Because as somebody who loves you desperately on the outside, I look in and I see this, and I'm sure you see it of me in my life all the time too. That we constantly give up our hope and our future, the things that we want desperately down the road, for little things now that won't mean anything to us by that time. We constantly give up these wonderful opportunities in our life for these little moments that go away so quick. And if we could just stop, if we could just stop in that moment and say, in light of what I want in the big picture, in light of what my future hopes and dreams are, is this wise? Not is it right, not is it legal, not is it even a good, a good, but is it wise? Is it in my best interest? So here's, here's what happens to us in this one. We end up hanging around with people. We have hopes and dreams, but we end up hanging around with people who don't. And I'm going to ask you right now, this is what my dad used to say to me in junior high. Hey, if you can find all the people in your school and in your social networks that don't have any idea what they want to be when they grow up, identify them, interview them, figure out who they are, and then stay away from them. Six of them were the ones that wanted to go to Panama City when I was a junior in high school. Because here's what happens. If all you can think about is next Friday when you get paid, 
We're going to go, ah, we're going to, eh. if, if all you can think about is what's coming up this week, if all you can think about, you don't have any hopes and dreams, you're going to drag me to your Friday. And then what? See, you don't have my best interest in heart. If you have no hopes and dreams in your own life, you don't have, so I'm going to ask you right now, here's what happens. In junior high, high school, we start hanging around with these people. But what I've noticed is in our culture here in Paragon and in, in Monroe, Morgan County, we don't ever quit hanging out with these people. We just end up all sitting on the couch drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon because it's all we can afford. We sit out on a, on a porch somewhere and tell each other the exact same stories we told each other when we were junior high. We get into the exact same trouble. The consequences have gotten worse. Our beards have gotten longer and our attitudes have gotten worse. And I'm going to ask you, what hopes and dreams do you have? Because I guarantee you that if you start making your decisions with that in mind, it will change the way you think about your decisions. So the, the full question, and man, I would love it. I, maybe I'm being naive here. I would love it if you'd memorize this. I would love it if you'd memorize this. I have. I've only preached it one time. Here it is. In light of my past experience, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? What if you did this? What if this wasn't just a che cheesy Sunday morning question? What if this really happened around your dinner table? What if this really happened every time there's a financial decision, every time there's a major crossroads in your life? What is it? What is it in light of my past experience, in light of my current circumstances and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? Here's what I believe today. You owe it to yourself to ask that question. You owe it to yourself to know the answer to that question. And if you sit here today and you walk out of this room and you go, guy, stupid cheesy things, wise thing to do. You need to know, you, you know something about yourself. If you will not ask yourself this question, this is not about God, is there God, is there not, is there Jesus, is there not. This is not that question. The question here is, do you have your own best interest at heart? And if you don't ask this question, you don't care about you. If you don't ask this question before these major decisions in your life, you don't care where you end up. You just want now. And let me tell you, that's how we end up with a city that's known for meth. That's how we end up with a broken world economically. Is one person after another who just doesn't have their best interest at heart. Today you've learned something about yourself. It's a great place to be in as a preacher. Because you don't have to make a decision today. I'm not asking you to do something or not do something. Either you've said, yes, I do, or by saying that's a dumb question, I'm never going to ask that. You've said, I don't care. I'm going to make the decision based on how I feel at the moment. You don't have your best interest at heart, but I want, to, I want you to know something before we go today. Band, you guys can come up. Holy cow, I've done a long time. I want you to know that God has your best interest at heart. Now, I have my son and my daughter's best interest at heart. And that's why I don't mind making them mad. In fact, some of the best dad moments of my life haven't been the snuggling on the couch moments. 
been some of the funnest moments. Some of the best moments of my life, from my perspective, have been when I've been in a blanket with my son, and it's like he says something really cute and really neat, and it's, it validates me as a dad. Those have been good moments. But some of my best moments, my most stand-up moments in my life as a dad, have been the moments where Reese leaves the room, stomps out mad, throws something. Have been the moments where I've been able to tell London something that she just doesn't understand right now to protect her from a stupid mistake that will make her give up her hopes and dreams or something in the future for a dumb little feeling right now that will go away. Here's the thing. If you found yourself today in a place where you realize, I don't, I don't care about my hopes and dreams. I haven't thought about myself in this way. I want you to know that feeling that you sometimes have about God when you go, what is this thing? And is he a police officer? Is he like telling me what to do? And is he, this is the God who all the time, 100% has your best interest in mind. He wants best, what's best for you at all costs. I've got friends when I grew up and I still see it in the paper all the time that these parents who like throw parties and let their kids have un, underage alcohol parties, you know, because they want their their kids' friends to think they're the cool mom or the cool dad. What? What is that? What in the world is that? But we do it. I do it too. Not at that level. I promise, no parties at my house. Yeah, I get that in the paper. But I'll tell you, I do it with my kids at a different level. You know what? I, I know Reese needs to, he, he really needs to listen right now, but we don't want to, we don't make a scene the rest of it. We don't want to do in, in the long run, it's my interest. It's my interest that I'm concerned with. And I, I waver with that. But God, in your life, with what you're going through, every day, all day, has number one, your best interest at heart. So you would be an idiot. Welcome to New Life. You would be an idiot if you didn't look to the one who has your best interest. 100% of the time at heart. So I'm going to ask you today. I'm going to tell you first, you owe it to yourself to ask this question and to answer. Some of you are on the lazy river right now. You came in today on the lazy river. In fact, maybe a little bong resin and alcohol in your life has caused that at some point a long time ago, and you got this kind of a laid back kind of thing about life and everybody loves that about you but in the long run it's the way you're doing life and you're just floating through life and you're going to find yourself in a place you would have never intended to be. I'm going to ask you today to put your feet down and I'm hoping Wednesday this week, Thursday sometime in the middle of the day when you realize you're just going with the flow, you're just like everybody else, you're just letting it go that you remember this message and that visual that you would put your feet down get off the lazy river and, and here's what I'm going to ask you to do this week, and this is going to sound really funny. I'm not going to ask you to start making decisions based on this question, because what that would mean is that you're going to have to break up with him. It, mean, it would mean you're going to have to take that car back and resell it. It would mean you're going to have to make some major life changes, and I'm not going to do that today, because that's between you and God. All I'm going to ask you to do is begin to ask this question. Just ask it this week. Just around the table, go, okay, what would be the wise thing to do? Now, some of you are going to go, <laughs> I'm going to be crazy if I really did that. And you're going to start to realize, hang on, I don't have my best interest at heart. I'm going to give you a chance today, just between you and God. 
You can come forward if you want, although in this church, most of us go to the back. I'm going back to that corner if you want to pray with me today. Be glad to pray with you and to say this to God. Hey, God, I've been, I've been doing my own thing and making my own life here, and what I realized is I need to be following you. If you're, if you're in that place today, I'd love to pray with you, but it's just between you and God. Maybe you need to ask this question right now, today. Maybe you and your husband or you and your wife, or you and you, need to sit somewhere and ask, what is the wise thing for me to do? Please come back, because we've got three weeks where we're going to talk about how this affects our life in all these different ways. Come back and hear us next week. Would you stand together with us and just pray to God during this time that you get off the lazy river and that you do the wise thing. Would you sing with us?